Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hi there. I'm Randa Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast. From KQED. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara and welcome to the Bay. Local news to keep you rooted. This racist board has got to go. This racist board is Oakland School Board has voted to shut down seven schools. But the community ain't having it. Students, parents, and teachers have been protesting for weeks. Two educators are even holding a hunger strike. Andre Sanchez is one of them. I'm, I'm fighting for these kids. I'm fighting for the students of Oakland, but not only of Oakland, of Louisiana, of Chicago, where the privatization and the corporate takeover is real and has happened and continues to happen. And it's not going to happen in Oakland because we have a heart and we will stand for what is right. Oakland has been closing down public schools for years. But this time around, the community is pushing back even harder. Because after everything kids, families, and educators have been through in the last two years of the pandemic, the idea of closing schools is just too much. Today, the fight to stop school closures in Oakland. Do you love learning about the San Francisco Bay Area? Its history, its people, its unique blend of cultures? Then you should check out The Bay Curious Book. I'm Katrina Schwartz, editor and producer on The Bay Curious Podcast, and I'm here to let you know that for the month of May, we've worked out a sweet deal for KQED podcast listeners. Right now, you can get The Bay Curious ebook for $1.99. That's right, $1.99. Just search for Bay Curious wherever you get your ebooks or find the link in our show notes. This offer does expire at the end of the month, though, so you'll want to act on it fast. Happy reading! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. So which schools were on the chopping block when this idea was first announced? The initial uh, consolidation plan had, I think, 15 schools on it, and six of those schools would have closed at the end of this year. 
Ashley McBride is an education equity reporter at the Oakland side. Brookfield Elementary, Carl B. Monk Elementary, Community Day School, Grass Valley, Parker K-8, through and Prescott Elementary. Those would have closed at the end of this year. And then two more schools, Korematsu Discovery Academy and Horace Mann Elementary, would have closed next year. Many of the schools are located in East and West Oakland. A lot of them are located below 580 in the flatlands. The original resolution also would have merged several schools together, a lot of uh, East Oakland schools. The district has said that these schools have lower enrollments and some of these schools cost more to run than the amount of revenues they bring in per student. I mean, what was the reaction? There is pretty much unanimous community opposition um, to this plan to close schools. There have been car caravans to school board members' homes for people um, protesting and making noise outside of their homes. They're asking, is it really necessary to uproot these students and disrupt their education like this? Um, And these students have been in distance learning. They've been quarantining in and out of school. There is a hunger strike that was started by two uh, staff members at Westlake Middle School. Moses Omolade is the community school manager at Westlake. To have community hubs in our neighborhoods be shut down without, um, or attempted to be shut down without community engagement is just not something that we're going to stand for. And the other striker, who is Andre Sanchez, uh, is the choir director at Westlake. Every kid that I've had past and present, I treat as one of my own. If they need something, if they need food, if they need a shirt or shoes, I go out there and I find it. Those two staff have stopped eating and have been starving themselves for, I think, nine or ten days now. And they have said, we're not going to end this until OUSD ends its school closure plan, until there are no schools left on this list. Something that a lot of critics have pointed out about this initial plan is that a lot of those schools serve large numbers of Black students. Almost half of their population is Black students, and that's a higher proportion than the percentage of Black students in Oakland Unified in general. So that means that Black students could be um, disproportionately burdened by this plan. This move to close schools has been happening for years, but why is it happening again and why is it happening right now? So it has to do with the district's budget. There are a few things contributing to OUSD's financial situation right now. One of them is the way that schools are funded. So in California, school districts get a majority of their funding from the state, and that funding is based on student attendance rates. And because we're still in the middle of this pandemic, student absences are a lot higher this year because they're getting sick or they have to stay home and quarantine because they've been exposed to the virus. And that means that OUSD is expecting lower revenues this year and next year. And that's not unique to Oakland Unified. School districts around the state are all dealing with lower attendance rates right now. The other thing that um, Oakland officials point to is how many schools the district operates versus how many students it enrolls. 
Oakland Unified has around 80 schools. And for every school you operate, you have to have teachers and administrators and other employees to staff the school, which means you have to pay their salaries and benefits. You have to take care of the buildings and other utilities. And OUSD leaders have argued that if the district had fewer schools with higher enrollments, then that would be better for the district's long-term financial health rather than having many, many schools with fewer students, which means that resources have to be spread across more schools. How do people who oppose these closures respond to this idea that this is difficult, but it's also necessary in order to address some of these financial problems at the district? People are, are coming to it from a few different angles. There are people like Director Mike Hutchinson who are always opposed to any kind of plan that would close or merge schools. But there are some who, if the district had approached this in a different way, I think those people might be more open to it. But because Oakland Unified announced these closures and informed families less than two weeks before the board was set to vote, that upset a lot of people who feel like OUSD didn't do any community outreach on this and they're just springing it on us. There are also people who are calling attention to the fact that we're still in a pandemic. And they say, how can you all be thinking about merging schools, sending students to other schools when we should be having fewer students in classrooms. One point that opponents of these closures have been making is that OUSD should not have to face this alone. They're not the only ones dealing with declining enrollment, so other institutions like the state should have to step up. And one thing that they're asking for is the state budget. It has a surplus this year in the tens of billions of dollars in Community members and a couple of city council members are calling on the state to use some of those funds to help out OUSD and make it so that no schools have to close. So, Ashley, it sounds like there was a lot of anger about the idea of schools closing. And this week, the board met to discuss these plans for closing. I'm just curious, what was the mood of that meeting? It was extremely tense. Hi, my name is Anaya Story. I'm the co-chair of the Oakland Youth Commission, also a senior in OUSD. And I just want to take a, a moment to call out the hypocrisy of the school district. Um, we claim you guys claim to be students pretty much first, all of the public them. comments that came in were against this plan. And there were, you know, four hours plus of public comments. You see, we got kindergartners on here, elementary students on here telling how much they love school and for y'all to just close them down, especially right now during the midst of a pandemic, you got people out of work. You got single families who have multiple children who are by closing down these schools, they'll no longer have accessible education. This is not the solution. I'm sorry. It's not. A lot of the schools on this list were elementary schools. And so you did have a lot of young kids, you know, kindergartners, first graders calling in. Um, I, my name is Maddie and I, um, and I go to Carl B. Monk. Um, and I, you think you can just close my school down? No, you have to ask everybody. Tell them why you like your school. And I like my school because it is its own place. It, it has a great place. I like all the teachers and all my friends. You had families talking about how they attend their neighborhood school and they walk there and now they might have to travel further to get to school. It's not fair. Why will you close the schools for low-income family? Why you just don't close the ones that they have money so they can move on? Why they always take it on us, the low-income families? Please be mindful and think about it. And some of the older students that called in, you know, talked about the fact that OUSD 
Um, leaders have said that they really care about students' mental health and their social emotional health. And so they ask, if those things are important to you, why are you doing this? Students' mental health matters. It matters more than money. If you truly care about students' mental health, then prioritize their well-being over money. Prioritize these relationships and connections that make them feel safe, that make them feel like they belong. They belong in their schools with their friends and with the teachers that they've built connections with. They felt like the board and the school district really blindsided them with this um, because the plan to close schools really came out a few days before the board was set to discuss it and you know, less than two weeks before the board was set to make its decision. A few years ago, when Oakland Unified was considering closing Kaiser and merging it with Sankofa Academy, the district and the board spent almost an entire school year um, meeting with families and trying to figure out how this would work before they actually approved the plan. And this year, the board you know, is voting on this plan that is going to close or merge almost a dozen schools after just you know, two weeks. I know the board ultimately did decide to close some schools at that meeting on Tuesday night, but sort of a modified version of their original plan. Can you explain to me what the board ultimately decided to do? Yes, there was originally eight schools that were slated to be closed either this year or next year. And the plan that the school board actually approved was that two schools, Parker K-8 through and Community Day School, those two will close at the end of this year, and then five more will close next year. Horace Mann, Korematsu, Brookfield, Carl Monk, and Grass Valley are those that will close next year. Prescott Elementary, which is one of OUSD's oldest, if, if not the oldest school, um, was on the list, and it will stay open. Um, a couple of the other changes that they approved include taking La Escuelita and Hillcrest, which are two uh, schools that serve kindergarten to eighth grade. Those schools are going to become just elementary schools. And then Rise Community Elementary School and New Highland Academy, which are two schools located on the same campus in East Oakland, will merge into one school. There are seven school board members. Four of them voted to approve this plan. That included Amy Ng, Shanti Gonzalez, Sam Davis, and, and Gary Yee. Uh, there was one board member, Clifford Thompson, who abstained. And then Director Mike Hutchinson and Director Van Cedric Williams voted against this plan. The school board does have two student board members. They're both high school students, and they were both very against this plan as well, but their votes are symbolic, so they don't count. I mean, what did the board members who voted yes say about this even after so many people called in to oppose these closures. They all acknowledged how difficult a decision this is. None of them relished having to close schools for students, but they really feel that this is the best option for OUSD going forward. You know, my, my overall comment is just that um, everybody, I think, in this district acknowledges our status quo is not working. Director Shanti Gonzalez, who represents District 6, was one of the two school board members who initially introduced the resolution to have the superintendent bring back um, a list of proposed closures and mergers. 
And Director um, Gonzalez's position is that Oakland Unified just has too many schools for the number of students that it serves, and she feels that um, it's just not sustainable. I um, don't believe that we should continue to just persist in a system that is not failing, it is not serving students well, it's not serving staff well. Um, and that's why I believe that this is a necessary step. Um, recognize, completely recognize that this is, um, it's really, it's it has a dramatic impact on staff. It has dramatic impact on students. Um, and I, you know, nobody runs for school board so that they can close schools. So this is absolutely the worst um, part of this role. Um, but I think this is necessary. I have to imagine this plan doesn't satisfy people because it's still a plan to close schools. How did folks respond to this? The people who are against this plan, I don't think were won over by the new um, list of schools. They don't think that any school closures need to happen or should happen. And they really feel that the board still has not taken the time to really engage with families and community members over how this would work. And they are still um, willing to fight this um, for however long they can to, to stop this from happening. You know, I, I think it's been made clear to the community tonight what's really happening. Um, At the end of the board meeting, Director Mike Hutchinson was just really disappointed that after hours and hours of public comment, the board still voted to close schools. All I can figure is that none of you have ever experienced the trauma of having your site threatened with closure. None of you have had to comfort crying families who are ripped away from their home. Being against school closures is something that he has campaigned on for years and years, and he is determined to fight this with everything he can. I hope you all are ready for this fight, because these last two weeks were nothing. Once you all vote for this tonight, it's on. No holds barred by any means necessary. We're going to resist, and we will never let you close our schools. I mean, there's still the ongoing hunger strike. There's still, I'm sure, going to be protests and things moving forward over the next few weeks. And then there is an election later this year. Three of the four board members who voted to close schools will be up for re-election. So I'm sure that this is going to energize people to run for those seats and to vote these um, board members out. Ashley, thank you so much. Thank you, Erica. The two hunger strikers, Moses Omolade and Andre Sanche, have still not eaten. They say they will continue their protest until their demands are met, which include no school closures, a meeting with Governor Gavin Newsom, and forgiveness of $21 million that OUSD owes to the state. Thanks to Ashley McBride, education equity reporter for the Oakland side. You can follow Ashley on Twitter at Ashley, that's A-S-H-L-E-Y-N-M-C-B. That's where you can catch her live tweeting Oakland school board meetings into the late night hour. This episode of The Bay was produced and cut by editor Alan Montecilio and me. I scored this episode and added the tape. 
The Bay is a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. Our senior leadership team includes Jessica Plachek, Kiana Mogadam, Vinnie Tong, Ethan Tovin Lindsay, and Holly Kernan. I'm Erica Cruz Guevara. Thanks so much for listening, y'all. Peace. I'm Sasha Coca, host of the California Report magazine. Every week, we bring you stories about what connects us in the giant, diverse Golden State. Because what happens in California changes the world. I love this place. We were once seen as, like, the place to be California. The land of milk and honey. That's where you go to Sunshine State. But we just have challenges right now. KQED's California Report magazine. New episodes drop every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio. It was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.